today. I, uh, you know, I, I don't know if this is the definition, but we are definitely the frozen chosen today. <laughs> it, was, it was one of those deals where coming across the parking lot, it was like uh, kind of every step was like, ow, 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 ow. <laughs> it just hurts. <laughs> but, um, but I'm glad. I'm so glad that everybody's here today. I'm so glad that, that we could kind of come together and, and just, uh, I, you know, it's great. The, the remote stuff is great, and I love it. And, um, you know, if, uh, I, but I, I just love getting together face-to-face. We were kind of talking last night maybe that we would um, even cancel because of the cold and the, the impending storm and things like that. And uh, I, I, was, uh, I was so glad that we got uh, a chance to get together today. I, I love doing this face-to-face. It is, it is hard, the hardest thing. I don't know if anybody ever talk in an empty room like, like you're talking to nobody and, and you're supposed to be talking to somebody. That is, uh, that, that's the hardest thing for me to do. So I'm, I'm glad, again, that we are able to get here together today and just enjoy God's presence and enjoy one another's presence. Amen? All right, let's see if I can get this up here without knocking everything off. I think we got it. All right. All right. So today, we're going to get into uh, the third in our series of Blessed and Bruised. So we're walking through 2 Corinthians, and what we're going to do today is we're going to take a look at the third chapter. And as I got to, to start looking into this, I was a little bit, um, I, I don't know if I, I could say it, but disappointed. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so, it's just theological. It's, we're talking about covenants and and legal things, and, and um, it's just very heavy, and, and, and it, can be, it could be dry. And, and I was uh, thinking and praying about it and, and just reading through it several times. And when I started to, I, I came across a story that seemingly has really nothing to do with the chapter at hand, but it, it really changed my perspective on, on this chapter and, and, and how I looked at it and how I perceived it. Uh, I, I read the story of a lady in London uh, back in the 1980s, and this lady bought a piece of costume jewelry from a store in London for about $13. And she loved this. She loved this piece of jewelry. It was a ring. She wore it, like, pretty much every day. It was just when she got up in the morning, she, she put the ring on and, and wore it, and, and just, you know, it was just kind of part of her attire and, and just a, a common piece of her attire. And uh, she wore this thing probably every day for about 30 years. And just on a whim, she decided to get this ring appraised. So she did that. She brought, brought it to an appraiser, and to her amazement, she found out that this ring was a 26-carat diamond ring. And when she decided to sell this ring, she sold it at auction, and it brought in $847,000. <laughs> Can you imagine that? So all of us, first off, the first, the first message for the day is go home and see what you got in your jewelry drawers. So um, that, I, I am just amazed at that. But, but I, I got to thinking about this, that, that she took this ring and, and she didn't know what she had with this ring. She didn't know that this thing was of great value. The, the, the cost of this ring was this, just this immense cost. And she just treated it as though it was a common thing because that's what she thought it was. And as I looked at the, the chapter, as I looked at chapter 3, and we started talking about and looking at covenants and, 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 and agreements between God and man, I started to think about that in different terms. 
I started to think about the, the great value that we have in the new covenant. We're going to look at the old covenant and the new covenant. And I started thinking about the great value that we have in the new covenant and how when we look at the new covenant, sometimes we just treat it as a common thing. Sometimes it's just we, we kind of um, pass the words around, you know, the gospel, the, uh, you know, Jesus died on the cross for me. And, and, and we treat that as a common thing. It's, it's almost just a, a part of a thing that we put on every day. Which is, which is nice and good, but we have a, a, an agreement with God that is, is of inestimable value. It is priceless, and we need to understand that we have that, and we need to understand what that means, and we need to delve into that, because if you're like me, so many of us, we, we, we have things going on in our lives that maybe we need answers to. We have things happening in, in everyday life that, that are critical that we get answers to, critical that we move on, critical that we, we, as Paloma was talking about today, critical that she was healed of what was going on in her life. And, and we, we have uh, this agreement, this, this, this thing with God that we're going to look at today that is, that is uh, costly. It is costly. And, and we, we, uh, we, we need to start looking at it like that and start understanding it in those terms. So let's do this. Let's just start uh, reading down through. We're going to do a lot of reading today, um, but let's take a look, and, and we're going to start off in uh, 2 Corinthians 3. Okay, let's uh, start in, in verse 3 as well, chapter 3, verse 3. And it starts out, Clearly you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is written not with pen and ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. It is carved not on tablets of stone, but on, on human hearts. We are confident of all this because of our great trust in God through Christ. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. He has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. This is a covenant not of written laws, but of the Spirit. The old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. The old way with laws etched in stone led to death, though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face. For his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way, now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? If the old way, which brings condemnation, was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way, which makes us right with God? In fact, the first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way. So if the old way has been replaced, which has been replaced was glorious, how much more glorious is the new that remains forever? So Paul, in, in the second letter to the Corinthians, he's, he's writing about his message, the message that he's been preaching to the Corinthians, and he wants to assure them that this is a good thing, that this is the uh, this, is, this is God's message to them and God's plan for them. So he begins to go through the, the, the new covenant, and he, they, he begins to contrast and compare the new covenant with the old covenant, okay? So as he does this, um, I, I want to just take a look at a couple of different things that he shows and he tells us about the old covenant and the new covenant. And I want us to see that, first of all, there is one similarity in that both held the glory of God. Both had the glory of God, although the new covenant was far more glorious. But both had the glory of God in them. So I want us to first understand that. But then he, he gives a whole bunch of contrasting uh, images here uh, of the, the, the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. So I'm going to just, I want to go through those really quickly. And stick with me. We're gonna, I want to I I look at this stuff. I want to 
then begin to understand how we can apply this and what this really means. And I want to look at it, like I was saying before, as a treasure, the thing that, that um, is, is God's ultimate plan in our, in our lives and for all humanity. This is a huge thing that we're looking at here. So let's just kind of understand some of the different ways that he, he compares and contrasts it. So comparison, they both hold the glory of God, but the, 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 the new covenant is a far greater glory. Verse 3 talks about how the old is written with pen and ink, but the new is written by the spirit of the living God. Uh, 3 also says that the old is written on tablets of stone and, and the new is written on human hearts. 6 is written of law is, in the old, the new is written of the spirit. Uh, verses 7 and 8 show the old as, as ending in death, and the new, the, in the new, the Spirit gives life. Uh, in the old, in verse 7 and 8 also, it talks about the glory in uh, the new covenant is far greater glory. In the old, it's, it brings condemnation. The new makes us right with God. The, in in uh, the old, it's temporary, and the new remains forever. As I looked at that, I was, I was um, kind of almost uh, fell into the trap, I guess uh, I'll call it that, of, of thinking that, well, the old covenant was this way and the new covenant is this way, and they're, they're contrasting both, and they're so almost like like opposed to each other. And, and as I looked at that, though, I, I began to understand that they, they're, they're very different in, in the glory that they held with God, but, but we, we needed to understand something in the, new co- in the old covenant, rather. The, the, the laws that, that, that we received in the Old Covenant, we, we could look at that and, and kind of take a look at this and say, well, God's saying that the Old Covenant is bad and the New Covenant's good, so let's just move on and we'll forget the law and we'll just we'll, we'll kind of move on with our lives and, and, and go on to the next thing. And I think if we look at it that way, I think we miss the point. I think the point is, one of the, one of the points anyways, I, I believe, of the Old Covenant is that it, it showed us what it takes to get back into right standing with God. It was God reaching out to humanity, and, and, and he was reaching out, and, and he gave us all these different laws and regulations. As Moses was on Mount Sinai receiving this for the, the children of Israel, he's, he's getting all these, you know, do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this. And he was showing us the great amount of things that we need to do uh, in, in order to, to, to get back into right standing with him. And I think this was good, and the reason it had glory, and the reason it had glory is because it was from God, and it was good, but, but he knew we couldn't do it. <laughs> he knew that that wasn't the only thing. He knew that there was a next step, but we had to understand the first step to begin with. And one of the ways that, uh, that I understand this, or, or that I look to understand this, was, was looking at uh, uh, the, the light bulb and, and Thomas Edison, and I, uh, I started thinking back and, and reading some things about how he developed the light bulb. And, and when he did that, he, he was looking for all kinds of different uh, uh, substances that he could use as the filament of the light bulb and, and all kinds of different uh, glasses. And, 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 and he, he made at one, one point, I, I think I read it, there was like 6,000 trials that, that he kind of went through to develop the light bulb. 6,000 times he, he tried and failed to, to, to develop this light bulb. And, and I kind of thought about that bulb. And, and the bulb, compared to some of the things that we have today, was probably quite dim, if you think about it. I, I, uh, I used to work at uh, the Empire State Plaza, and, and I was near the Corning Tower, and in the summertime, I'd walk around the, the, the plaza, and I, would, I, I remember seeing those gigantic spotlights that they have at the base of the Corning Tower. I don't know if anybody has seen those things, but the, I mean, you can't even wrap your arms around them. And these, these lights shine so brightly, and for such length of time, I mean, they can light up the side of the Corning Tower, this 40-story building. 
And, and I started to think about that, 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 that Thomas Edison with his first light bulb, you know, probably very dim in comparison to the, to the light bulbs and the, and the lamps and things that, that we have today, and, and, and it didn't burn as brightly, it didn't burn for the, the length of time that, that bulbs burn today. But I, I think that we needed to go through that process of, of developing the first light bulb in order to get to the, the, you know, this, this gigantic spotlight that will shine on the Corning Tower. We needed to understand everything that, that we had with the, uh, with the original light bulb in order to get to the, to the things that we have today. And I think that it's, it's, it's very similar with the, uh, with the new covenant. We need to understand that these things were, were, were laid out before us, and, and we, we, we looked at them. And I, I kind of laugh at, um, so back in Exodus, uh, Moses, Exodus 20, 19 to 24, I think it is, that uh, Moses, it talks about Moses going up to Mount Sinai and, and, and receiving all this stuff. And he would, he would go up there and then bring it back down and, and, and uh, deliver the message to the Israelites. And they would, they would say, we will obey. And, and I kind of, you know, look at that uh, like, um, you know, that was famous last words. Like, yeah, we got it. Don't worry about it. We, we'll, we'll hold up our end. You hold up your end, God. And we'll take care of it. And I, and I don't know about any of you, but I'm, I mean, I can, um, you know, if my wife gives me a, a, a list to go to the store and pick up some things, I can't even follow that. I, I, I can't come back with the same things that I was supposed to get to begin with. And, or if anybody had a honeydew list and, and um, you know, is, is, is looking at that and going down and is like, I can do that, but I can't do that. I can do that. You know, we, we pick and choose what we want to follow. Um, and that, that's kind of the same way. So I, I, that, uh, you know, with, with this old covenant, they, they saw the, the, the great amount of things that they had to follow, and, and they knew that they couldn't follow it. They knew that they couldn't follow it. We need to understand that God was doing something in that, and he was teaching us something with that. Amen? So let's go on and, and read a little farther here. Uh, I'm going to look at... Uh, verses uh, 12 to 16. In verse 12, it says, since the new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened, and to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes, even today, when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered so that, uh, with that veil, and they do not understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So uh, again, Moses is, is, is up on Mount Sinai in, in verses 19 to 24, or, or chapters 19 to 24 in Exodus. He's up on Mount Sinai, and he's receiving all these rules and regulations. And, and he's bringing them back down to, to the Israelites. But he was in the presence of God when he was doing that. He was in God's presence on the top of the mountain. And then he would come down. And the people of Israel began to see that his face was shining. His face shone brightly. And because he was in the presence of God, and, and, and it shone bright enough that they became a little freaked out. If, if, I, can, if I can use those words. I mean, he, they were just like, uh, you know, what, what's happening here? So he puts this veil over his face. And I think that that veil, man, we can see that the, that veil separated them from the glory of God, right? This glory was shining through Moses. It was, it was shiny because he was in the presence of God, but, but the Israelites weren't allowed to be in the presence of God like Moses was. So he puts the veil over his face, and, he, and it kind of separates. 
I'm looking at all of us with veils on our faces right now. That's kind of <laughs> so we're so veils separate, don't they? They 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 kind of hide what's happening underneath. Um. So 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 that's what was happening with Moses. He was he was he it was the he was hiding. It was basically hiding the glory of God because he was able to be in the presence of God. But under the old covenant, the Israelites couldn't just boldly walk into the presence of God and, and, and hear God's counsel, take counsel with God, and, and, and understand what his voice sounded like. And um, all they saw was uh, uh, down at the bottom of the mountain, they're looking up and they're seeing clouds and thunder, and, and, and that's more fearful than anything, I would say. Um, but, but that's the old covenant. That's what was happening with the old covenant. And... Um, and and again, though the glory um, was, was, was there, but, but Moses also was doing that because the glory was fading away. It wasn't permanent. This, this old covenant wasn't permanent. It wasn't something that they could uh, uh, kind of hang their hat on and, and, and let's move on with things. Because, because with the old covenant, they had laws. And if they didn't follow the laws, they had sacrifice, but it was animal sacrifice. And, and it was temporary. It was just temporary. It was something that the, the priests had to do. And they, they went into the, the Holy of Holies in the temple once a year and, and, and sacrificed for the, for the forgiveness of sins, for things that, that the Israelite, that they, meaning the high priests and the Israelites, may have done during the year out of, out of uh, uh, ignorance. They would go in and sacrifice. But it was just a way of just kind of temporarily taking care of that sin problem, temporarily uh, allowing them some kind of uh, uh, insight into, into God and some kind of restoration of a relationship. Because that's what God was doing. God was bringing, God's ultimate plan was to bring people back together. And he, 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 we, we needed to go through that old covenant before we got to the new covenant. We need to understand that, that those veils that, that Moses was putting on his face, that, that veil separates us. And what separates us from God, the, the, and, and what, was, what were these covenants even trying to, to, to deal with? What problem were they trying to deal with? The problem was sin. The problem was we were separated from God by our sin, and we couldn't have bold access into the, into the throne room of heaven. We had to, we had to they, or they had to, at that point, allow the, the high priest to go in and make sacrifice for them, but only for a time. It didn't last forever. It wasn't once and for all. That, that's what the old covenant was, was that sin barrier. There was another point in Scripture where, where, that talks about a veil. And, and if you remember back in, uh, uh, it was in, in Matthew, in, in verse, uh, chapter 27, uh, verse 50 to 52, it talks about the veil. And, and when Jesus died on the cross, and he looked up to heaven and gave up his, gave up his spirit, it says, and then the earth shook, and there, there was darkness across the land, and, and, and that veil was rent in two. The veil between the, the holy place and the most holy place in the temple in Jerusalem, the veil was rent in two. You see, that sin, that, that veil that was separating us from the glory, or the Israelites from the glory of God with Moses' face, and that veil that was separating the, the Israelites as well in the temple between, the, most holy, between the, the holy place and the most holy place, there was a veil there, there was a, there was a covering. And when Jesus died on the cross, that veil was rent, the veil was torn in two. It allowed, it, God was showing us that, that this new covenant, when this new covenant came into place and came into being, there was going to be no more separation between us and God because our sin problem was going to be taken care of once and for all. We had access, we had bold access now into the throne, throne room of heaven. We had bold access into the presence of God. Where only the high priest used to be able to do this, we have that now. 
We need to understand the, 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 the great treasure that we have in being able to do this. So the old covenant was an agreement between man and God. And it failed because man couldn't hold up his end of the bargain. Even though they said, we'll obey, don't worry about it, they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. In the new covenant, there was a solution. There was a permanent solution. And instead of that animal sacrifice, God held up, held up not only his end of the bargain, but he helped us hold up our end of the bargain. He brought us together because he, he, he provided the sacrifice. It was his only son, and he died on the cross. And, and that veil was rent in two. And, and it, says, it says in those chapters or those verses that we just read that the, the veil was torn in two, that, that when, people, when people come to know Christ, that veil is removed. That veil is removed. We have bold access into the throne room of heaven. So I want us to understand the treasure that we have in this new covenant. I want us to understand that God was looking, his entire plan was to get back with us. His entire plan was to, to, to put a bridge between, uh, over that, that kind of chasm of sin between him and us. He was looking to restore fellowship with us, restore relationship with us. He wanted to get back together with us. Don't miss that point that, that he was, he, these covenants, the old covenant being imperfect and incomplete was completed in the new covenant, and, and he, he completed it for the purpose of, of, of relationship with us. He completed it with, with, with the purpose of getting back with us and relating with us. I want to see what, what kind of treasure that we have in the new covenant. Let's finish this off in chapter, uh, verse 17 and 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. In verse 18, but we all with unveiled faces, looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the Lord, the Spirit. You see, in the new covenant, there's freedom. In the new covenant, there's glory. And in the new covenant, there's transformation. I want us to understand that just like the lady who was walking around with this 26-carat diamond ring on her finger but didn't know what she had, I want to make us understand that, that we have something in the new covenant that the people of Israel didn't have. We have uh, the ability and the opportunity to walk into the presence of God with, with thanksgiving. We have the, the ability to walk into him with repentant hearts and ask for his presence, ask for his glory to change us, to transform us. You see in verse 18 there how it talks about we're transformed from glory to glory. We're, we're not perfect when we get there, but we're being transformed. We're being moved from how we are today to how God wants us to be. And, and I want us to understand, I, I think that, that some of us think that, uh, and, and I think that sometimes, that when we are um, saved, everything should be okay. Everything should be taken care of. But that's not the case. He, he did this to bring us back into his presence to be transformed. We're being transformed. That's what we're doing here at City Church, and, and sitting here in, in these seats, and, and that's what we do when we pray, and that's what we do when we begin to study the Word of God. We're looking to be transformed by His glory. We're looking to be transformed. I, I love Paloma's uh, word today uh, and her testimony. I mean, that's the glory of God in, in your life, and, and, and we see that. You see, it, it talks about how we're, we're like to, supposed to reflect that, like we're, we're like a mirror, right? And, and when Paloma was talking, and, talking to us about that and sharing that testimony, she was sharing the testimony of the glory of God in her life, that God did something. The glory of God, I, I, one of the best uh, um, definitions that I've heard is, is just that it's, it's what, what can be seen of God. 
what could be sensed of God. And, and, and when, I, when I heard Paloma's story, that's what I was looking at. I was sensing and I was seeing the presence of God, the, the glory of God in a situation where um, you wouldn't have made out so good under the old covenant, right? I mean, I, 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 you know, you would have had to bring a goat to the temple and, and hope that... <laughs> so I, I, in my life, um, I, I went through a lot of... Um, issues for, for years with, with my stomach, and, and, and I was getting to the point where, um, where I, was, uh, I was in despair. Uh, to be honest with you, I was in despair. I, I was uh, at the point where it was kind of sapping my strength, sapping my energy. Uh, I, I was um, basically depressed, anxious, and I was literally in despair. But I thank God for people in my life that were praying for me, my mom and dad are here today. They were praying for me. My aunt was praying for me. I had people praying for me. I was praying for myself. And they were, they were helping to get me in a place where, where I'm in the presence of God. I was being transformed. It didn't happen all at once. But I got to tell you, I, today I stand before you, and, and God brought a, brought a healing in my life. He, his presence and his glory have given me hope. And, and I, I've received something from God because I was able to come into his presence. We need to understand the things that we've been given in the new covenant. We need to understand the greatness of the, the, the agreement that God made with us. Not only uh, for us to uphold our part, but us to, uh, for him to help uphold our, our side of the bargain. Um, I, I, I also was thinking about um, Garrett and Raina and, and uh, Desmond and Julie. Um, the, the testimonies that we saw of their families, of, of their babies, um, and the, the, the amazing miracles that happened in, in both of their situations. The, uh, the past, uh, I don't know, a few months, I guess, we've, we've seen some of those testimonies, and, and we've seen other testimonies as well. That's the glory of God operating in, in the lives of these people. The, the, you know, we've got to understand that this, this, this gift we've been given is a, a great gift, and it is uh, of a value that is priceless. It's a value that is priceless because it changes us. It changes our lives. It changes who we are. It redeems us and it restores us. I was reminded of a story, and I'm going to close with this, uh, of my uh, brother-in-law. And um, uh, my brother-in-law, Steve. And uh, he, he and his family were, uh, were missionaries in Brazil. And um, I remember him telling the story of uh, one time when he was a, he was a boy. I, I'm not sure exactly how old he was, but a boy anyways, in Brazil. And he and his father were going to go out to a remote part of Brazil to meet up with a pastor there, uh, they, uh, another, another missionary, a pastor who was a, uh, quite remote in, in Brazil. And um, I, I think it actually took him a, a couple of days to get there to, to make this travel, make this journey. And they, they got there, and they, they spent some time with this pastor, but one morning they woke up, and this pastor's daughter, a two-year-old daughter, had passed away, unexpected. And you can imagine the, um, man, I don't, I don't think I would have done like this if I didn't have kids or something. <laughs> you know, it, it kind of gets you. But um, I can remember him saying how this pastor and his wife were just distraught, as you might imagine. And as was the kind of, I guess, the custom in that, in that area, what they did for the funeral was they would take the, the coffin and they would begin to walk through the village. And as they walked through the village towards the cemetery, people gathered and, and began to follow them. So they, they, they began to, to walk up to the cemetery. And 
as they did that, more and more people began to follow. And when they got up there, by the time they got to the cemetery, there was quite a crowd there, quite a crowd of people in this remote um, region of, uh, of Brazil. And what this guy did next, what this pastor did next, amazed me. Because he's, he's standing by his daughter's coffin, by the, the hole that was dug on the mound of dirt that was sitting by this, this hole. And he stood up on that mound of dirt and he began to preach the gospel. He began to preach to people that he thought would never have had another chance to hear the gospel. You see, the gospel, that new covenant, was so precious to him, was so amazing to him, that he decided that even in his time of great need, that he was going to preach the gospel. It was that valuable. And he said to those people there that, hey, if you step off into eternity today, are you going to be in the presence of heaven? My daughter is in the presence of heaven today. I'm amazed at the great and priceless wonder that we have in the new covenant. Jesus died for us. The veil was torn, and there's no separation between us and heaven right now. Do we understand that there's no separation between us and heaven right now? So, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for the grace that you've given us. We thank you so much, Lord, for the, the amazing, incredible sacrifice of your Son at Calvary, Lord. And we thank you, Lord God, that, 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 that our problem, our sin problem, Lord God, was taken care of once and for all. Lord Jesus, you're the sacrifice to end all sacrifices. Father, I thank you and praise you for your greatness. I thank you for your mercy. Lord, I bless your name. I bless your name. And if there's anybody here today who is in a position or a place in their lives where they need to be in the presence of God, because that's where all those answers lie. And it may not happen in one second. It may not happen today or tomorrow, but we need to be in the presence of God. We need to, to make it a habit of being in his presence because we have that ability and we have that, that option. So I, I, would, I would encourage you today to get, we're going to have prayer warriors over there next to the big prayer sign. And I would say that if, I would, I would challenge you that if there is a, a, a person in here today that needs to be in that presence, needs to be in the presence of God, begin to soak in that glory, please come over there. We're going to have people over there that are going to, would love to stand with you and pray with you and see that thing happen in your life that you're so desperate for.